0: Culture Map presents. What's Eric eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Ben McPherson from Bo Pasta coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co host this week. She's the chef-owner of Fluff Bake Bar. Rebecca Masson, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: I'm good. Living the dream.
0: So let us dive right into the news of the week, starting with you.
1: Me? What?
0: You have big news.
1: I do have big news. I've been keeping this secret since, like, May or June.
0: <sighs> Tell the people. Tell Fluff,
1: the p- Fluff Bake Bar is moving to the heights.
0: Okay, so, yes, but... The Heights people are going to get fussy. It is technically, (laughs) technically you are moving to Shady Acres.
1: Oh, I like, I like the name of that place. (laughs) 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 I throw a little shade every once in a while.
0: You've been known to throw a little shade. All right. So, so let's, let's get the who, what, where, when. Okay. When, what is your last day in Midtown and when do you expect the new location to open?
1: Uh, So our last day is this Sunday, January 19th. We'll be open our regular hours, 12 to 9 might run out of something i don't know
0: <laughs> you might, <Yeah. laughs> might go, run- <laughs> go early for that last Baruch assault.
1: We <laughs> have to wait um so we plan next week we're going to start the move um you know there's some things that take a couple days to get in and out of the buildings uh set it up make sure everything's in place start getting our final inspections and apply for the certificate of occupancy so you know that all depends on the city
0: so fingers crossed February 1st. Is that safe to say?
1: I would, l- that would be like crazy, wild, awesome. Yes.
0: But definitely in time for Valentine's Day. That's a big, yeah. it's a big time for we've you.
1: Got, yeah. I'm going to, if I have to bribe a city official to get open for Valentine's Day, I will. All
0: right. So where, so I, I know we just, we told people that you're moving to a neighborhood. Where exactly are you moving?
1: We are moving to 1701 West 15th Street. It's um, on 15th, just a couple blocks in off of Durham.
0: All right, and then how did you pick that location?
1: Um, Well, you had a little hand in this, so... um,
0: I am deeply amused at my own role in this. I know.
1: It's kind of awesome. So uh, you let me know Jalazi on White Oak closed, and you gave me Mr. Camelo's information, and so I called him up, and um, this is kind of something I've been thinking about for a while. Uh, My lease in Midtown is actually up at the end of February, so it was the time to start doing something. Um, and Mr. Camello told me that he had sold the building and I was like, well, crap. And he goes, but wait. And I go, what's that? He goes, I have another space. And so, um, he had two actually. And we looked at both and despite the condition of the building on 15th street, I fell in love with it.
0: Yeah. I've, I haven't been inside yet. I, I drove past it. Yeah. And it looks kind of.
1: Junkie.
0: Ramshackle was the word that I was going to use.
1: Here you go. Yeah,
0: but but what what about it caused you to fall in love with it?
1: Um, I liked I liked that it was in the middle of a neighborhood. Um, I've always wanted to make fluff a part of the community, supporting those around us, supporting local charities, things like that. And like literally, we have houses around us. There's nothing else, um, but these yeah townhouses, townhouses, all kinds yeah. of stuff, yeah all right, um so that really appealed to me the being a standalone building i'm gonna we're paving the parking lot, I'll have my own parking, um there are no meters, there's no meter made, there's no tow trucks, unless of course, you leave it there for like three days, and then I'm gonna have to tow you um that that whole thing really appealed to me um, and the reason I thought about this, I always remember Justin you telling me. I drive by Fluff Bake Bar four or five times a week, and I never stop because there's never a parking spot out front. And I'm like, well.
0: You're like, I have a giant fucking parking garage. (laughs) Exactly. With a million spots. Like, why why can't you?
1: Why can't you go back there? But it's a pain in the ass to get to. Yeah. It is. You have to enter off Baldwin or Bagby, and then you have to, you know, text to park. And even though you get 90 minutes free, you still have to do it. And sometimes the parking... All the time. the a hassle. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Right. Yeah. All right.
0: So there is one cool thing about being in the middle of this neighborhood beyond that, which is that you're going to start serving breakfast.
1: Yes. So we decided that we are going to open at 7 a.m. And we never did it in Midtown because, A, there's two coffee shops down the street from us, and, B, the people that live above us just get in their car and drive to Starbucks anyways. So we never opened in the morning. Um, And so now we're going to.
0: And that means let, – let, let me be explicit about what this means <laughs> for, the, for the people. You're going to make croissants every day.
1: I am. You, I'm so excited. You
0: make the best croissants in Houston.
1: I don't know about that. Those ones at Magnol are pretty damn good.
0: Okay, the ones at Magnol are pretty damn good. And, and I – we disagree about the merits of a common bond croissant, but I –
1: it, it, but but, in the beginning i i very much enjoyed that croissant. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: But your croissants are excellent and they have only they only show up occasionally, right? Yeah. Sometimes for the Saturday morning bake sale you'll you'll bake off a batch are you, so what do you think you're going to make like a couple dozen a day?
1: Yeah, we'll i mean we'll play it by ear. We'll see what happens. Um and there's, you know, when you don't sell a croissant, you make an almond croissant out of it. So that'll be available the next day.
0: And pen au chocolat, maybe a couple of. Um, maybe?
1: we're we're gonna see. I definitely I'm definitely gonna do croissants. Um, we're gonna do a kolachi. We're gonna um, collaborate with Leonard over at Truth.
0: Yeah let let me let me just say that again for people. Calachis with Truth barbecue in them, whether it's brisket or pulled pork or sausage. You don't you haven't really figured that out
1: yet. No, but. we haven't figured out. We got to figure out what's easiest for both of us. Yeah, and I don't want to put a, a a strain on him.
0: But that's awesome. People yeah. are going to love that.
1: Yeah, that'll be it. so we'll have that media option. Um we we've got lemon pound cake, we have financier. Uh we'll probably do either a coffee cake or a cinnamon roll, just depending on the demands of the people. Yeah. I'm but a I, huge
0: I'm a huge fan of your cinnamon rolls, so that's my vote. I know
1: the birthday cake cinnamon roll is pretty darn good. Yeah,
0: it's it doesn't suck. It's happy. Yeah.
1: That's a good way to start your morning.
0: All right. So any other any other Details to share before we move on to
1: topic number two? Um, we'll still have cat's coffee. Uh, my future ex-husband makes a good cup of coffee. But we'll, we'll expand. Like, we'll have drip coffee and stuff instead of just espresso-based. Uh, we'll still make cakes. We'll still make couch potatoes.
0: Right, yeah. We should, be, we should be explicit about that, too. All the stuff that people love about fluff, you will still make. Couch yeah. potato cookies, star-crossed lovers, veruca salt, Star-cross lovers, Star-cross, veruca salt yeah. unicorn bait.
1: All uh, those are staying. They're not going. Well, they're coming with us. Right. A, they're not staying in Midtown. <laughs>
0: no, mid, that 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 space will be vacated. Someone else will take it. We wish them much success. But but this is big news. This is very exciting for you.
1: It is. It's huge. I'm um, you know, I started in the Heights for five years ago. Well, nine years ago. Yeah.
0: Revival at Market. at Revival
1: Market, and we had four years worth of customers. Who don't particularly care to cross I-10.
0: Right. And you live co- in Oak Forest. so this I, know. I mean this is convenient for you.
1: I'm coming back, y'all. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. We good?
1: Yeah, we good. All right. Thank you.
0: My pleasure. All right. Topic number two. Aaron Bluedorn. So the, excited for this. The oh. former executive chef of Cafe Baloo has revealed that he has leased the former pass and provision space on Taft Street for a new restaurant. All right. You said you're so excited for this. Why? Why are you so excited? Because I'm excited about this too, but I'm gonna let you go first.
1: Um, so I, I literally met Aaron when he came to Houston. I connected through a colleague at Danielle because I worked at Danielle. Um, and But the reputation, I mean, if it's very, it's, it's very rare that an American gets to be like the chef de cuisine at a bullied restaurant, right? Like you've got to prove yourself.
0: Right. I mean, we can be explicit about this. Daniel Ballou is the best French chef in America, maybe, Other outside of—I mean, Eric Repair might want to— Eric Repair, who? Keller. Ludo Lefebvre, Hubert Keller. Yeah, I mean, there's some guys that that are in that conversation, but Daniel's on that list.
1: He's definitely on that list. Papa. We like to call him Papa.
0: (laughs) People who who work for him have gone on to great success. Like, there's a guy, you know, uh, Aaron's predecessor was Gavin Kaysen. Yep who moved to Minneapolis and opened Spoon and Stable, Andrew. Won, a, won a Food and Wine Best New Chef, won a James Beard Award.
1: Yep. Andrew Carmelini. Right. He was, because he was at Cafe Balud when I was at Danielle. Um, Alex Lee. Um, gosh. The, the the Dominique Ansel. Um, the, the list goes on. I mean.
0: Right. Unbelievably talented people work for him. And when they leave him, they go on and do, like, really spectacular things. So yeah. sky's the limit for Aaron Bluedorn's unnamed restaurant.
1: And plus, I mean, he's married to a Pappas. Yes. You've got, I Victoria mean. Victoria,
0: Victoria Pappas Bluedorn.
1: Yes. So you have, I mean, it was, it's, I think it was only a natural move for him to want to open a restaurant in Houston because of family ties. And you've already got a whole clientele base excited for you to come in to To Houston as well,
0: yeah. I, calling her Houston restaurant royalty would not be inappropriate.
1: There you go. I didn't know the appropriate term. I like that.
0: Uh, I want to yeah. be royalty. So, well, you, you got to get another generation or
1: two. You got to. You got to have. That's <laughs> uh, not going to happen. <laughs> uh,
0: but I, I mean, so yes, it's exciting that there's a space, and it's exciting that there's a timeline, which is to say, we expect this to open sometime towards the end of the summer. Yeah. Uh don't have a name, don't have a concept, don't have a menu. Uh it'll be it'll have French touches, but it won't be explicitly a French restaurant, which I think is smart. Exactly, yeah. Because I don't think we I don't really think of us as a French dining town.
1: No. No. I mean, maybe if you tie in Cajun, Cajun French, is that a thing? I feel like Drake does that a little bit.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think I think look, I mean, Drake is from, Drake Leonard's at Eunice is from Louisiana, and he's working for a New Orleans-based restaurant group. So that they're a little bit Creole with some French touches and a banging French wine list makes a ton of sense. Right. I don't expect Aaron, who's from Seattle <laughs> and worked in New York to do Creole. <laughs> that would not feel authentic to me. Uh, but yeah, clearly we will see. I we'll can't. See.
1: I can't think of a better person to take over that space. I think that it, it'll be... I think that's an appropriate space for him.
0: Yeah, and I think I I think he will draw a crowd, I think.
1: And it's nice to know that Jade Range is getting another round. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that thing's had some life. It's been there the big center cooking suite okay. in the kitchen. It's been there since Gravitas. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and continuing was, that was continuing pretty... that
0: building's legacy as a home for ambitious dining.
1: Yes. I love that. Yay, uh, Aaron.
0: Topic number three, Lonnie Schiller, who I suppose I should note is one of the people who founded Culture Map. He is also one of the founders of Cafe Annie, The Grove, Cafe Express, Rio Ranch. He's a Houston restaurant mover and shaker, as it were, has a new project. He's partnered with his son-in-law to open a new bar I'm calling this the Heights. It's north of I-10 and east of Shepherd. So that's the Heights to me.
1: Yeah, it's like if you were to go It's off, on
0: Patterson Street.
1: Which oh. is like you get to off of Taylor, right?
0: Well, it's it you can get to it from I-10. I mean, it's right uh, there.
1: Oh, that's right. It's on the White Oak. There's an air exit for Shepherd Patterson. You're yeah. right. Okay. So, I know exactly where we're going.
0: A massive new patio bar called Patterson Park that will open this summer. It is currently under construction. I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's a whole ton to say about this. To be honest with you, except to say that, you know, they are clearly working on the Kirby Ice House model,
1: and that the the, yeah right
0: hugely financially successful. They bought the land, which gives it some longevity. They bought it's like one point two five acres, which is not a messed around parcel. And it'll do all the things that you expect a patio bar to do. It'll have cocktails. It'll have beer. It'll have wine. It'll have games. It'll be dog-friendly. They'll have a second-story patio with a view of the downtown skyline.
1: You're, you're good.
0: It's all good. Th- yeah, this is all like—
1: the, All the checks, all the list has been checked.
0: Right. It. This is catnip for—I mean, you know, we see it at Kirby Ice House. We see it at Axelrad. We see it at Truckyard. You know, this yeah. this style of bar. Uh, well, or in your new neighborhood, uh, Heights Beer Garden, right? Obviously well, that's very That's true, yeah. You know, this style of bar with a big outdoor space. And kind of a gathering spot for people has been just usually, it is, it is our bar style of the moment and they're not going away. And it seems like every neighborhood inside the loop is going to get one or two of them eventually.
1: I think it's appropriate. I think it's good. I, I mean, I don't, I would love to go to Axelrad more, but it's so far away. And you know me, I don't like to drive. <laughs>
0: I don't think of you as a big drinker, to be honest with you. A big um, bar goer.
1: I'm not. I like to pretend that I am. But you, I'm not. You were young and fun once. I was. Now I'm old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, and then I just want to briefly mention uh, Sidney Degas, formerly of Cafe Azor, currently of Mona Italian Kitchen, is opening a new restaurant called Faro in the Understory Food Hall downtown. So, cool. So right now, so I, I know you're looking at me and and I didn't prep you for this so this is on <laughs> you me. Didn't. Mona Italian Kitchen is a build your own pasta bowl concept and it's been pretty successful for him. But Faro so but but not everybody likes to eat carbs. That's true. Right. Yeah. So, Especially right now. Right. So yeah. Faro will be a bowl ba- like a build your own bowl concept but you can get quinoa and ancient grains instead of pasta with you know chicken or seafood or plant-based protein and all kinds of roasted vegetables and stuff.
1: Seems like a trend.
0: Yeah. He's, he is definitely like swimming in the flower child kind of uh vibrant, you know, pool. Yeah. And fast, casual, grab and go perfect in the, like, cause understory is as much food court as food hall. Okay. Like, it's basically an amenity for lunchtime downtown office workers. But so the idea that you can get this, you know, grab and go, you know, it's between 10 and 15 bucks. It's healthy. It won't leave you feeling sluggish in the afternoon. Like, all of those things are appealing to people.
1: Yes, if you're a downtown worker in a power suit.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I, man, we were... Oh, I know. I was having, I was having dinner last, last week in downtown, and this whole group of people wearing suits like walked out. They've been having like a late business dinner. Uh-huh. I am so glad I don't have to wear a suit to wear. Oh,
1: my God. I was just telling my, somebody on my staff that the other day. I saw a woman in her little power suit, and I'm like, yeah, I'm so glad I don't have to put that on every day. Yeah. That's just not me.
0: No, me neither. All right, Becky, that does it for the News of the Week. We'll be right back with our Restaurant of the Week. Stick around. <laughs> You're listening to What's Eric Eating? So, Becky, for our restaurant of the week, I want to talk to you about Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. Yes, we've talked about we've talked about this on the show a little bit. I had Rasul uh, Zarinfar, one of the founders, and Chef Arash Karat on the show a few weeks ago to talk about their end of things, but we haven't really talked about eating there. So. Let me kick this to you. You've had a long standing history with Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company.
1: I do, yes.
0: You've collaborated with them in the past.
1: I, I the red velvet stout. Yes. That is based off our black velvet cake, which is red velvet cake, cherry jam, dark chocolate, crunchy pearls, and cream cheese icing. So they uh incorporated the chocolate and the cherry into the stout. So it's a red velvet stout. It's a, it's um, my uncle loves it. It's good. I'm not a stout drinker, but how exciting.
0: Right. But so I, you know, I just want people to know that you know them and you like them and they like
1: you. Yes, I do. I adore them. I've been been frequenting the brewery since it was just the first little place on Nolda.
0: So we went to their new 200-seat uh, restaurant at their new brewery in Sawyer Yards.
1: Is that 200 seats?
0: Uh, with the patio and everything, yeah. Oh, my it's, it's pretty big. It's huge. It's it's substantial.
1: It doesn't feel big, though.
0: No, because it's kind of divided up into, like, there's, like, the bar area, and then there's, like, the dining room, and then there's the patio. So it, yeah. it feels, you know, it's kind of industrial, obviously, as you would expect in a brewery, and with a view of the brewery and operations through big glass windows. But
1: I know. it's fun. To, it's fun to look at the... Five story high, cans. Yeah, <laughs> so many cans. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: yeah, barrel. They measure the they measure liquid in barrels at the brewery.
1: Oh, in barrels? No, I'm talking about there. Literally, were like stacks of, oh, of yes. beer cans. pallets
0: and pallets of beer cans. Pallets yes, and pallets
1: right. of beer cans. I was like, man, I wonder who the guy is that's going to knock that over. <laughs>
0: I was thinking about the fermenters and the bright tanks. Oh, that yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Those are, the, yeah, those things are, those are barrels. Those they are measure huge. those in barrels. Yeah. Right.
0: So you had a chicken sandwich. I had tacos. We split a pizza and the pakora, which is like a crispy Indian style fried veggie appetizer.
1: It was delicious. Yeah. Except for I was afraid of the jalapenos.
0: Well, but yeah, it's got all these like sliced pickled. Vegetables and it is super delicious.
1: Is it in chickpea flour? It is. Yeah. And then it has a nice little dipping sauce.
0: Yeah, a little salsa verde.
1: Yeah, delicious.
0: How was your chicken sandwich?
1: Delicious. I very much enjoyed it. Uh,
0: Crispy, juicy, all good things?
1: All the things it was supposed to be yeah. with a nice sauce. Good fries. You know, I love a good fry.
2: Yeah. I'm yeah. A good, yeah. They yeah. make their fries.
1: That's good. Yeah. Um, pizza dough tasty that it's 72 hour fermentation i think that's right yeah yeah
0: nice chew light nary
1: yeah thin like n- almost what is that neapolitan
0: yeah not quite ne, yeah not uh, quite but crispier almost. than neapolitan yeah but, which i like better
1: right yeah i like a uh, little chew to mine
0: yeah and arash put like artichokes and something else on it for us which was not on the it, menu not strictly speaking but yeah. You know, you can you can tweak it. I
1: think he made it more for himself, just to be honest with you. I think
0: he, yeah, I think he wanted an excuse to sit down take a and break. chat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say the only thing that kind of bummed me out was I did not like my tacos as much as I expected to. And that has he, Ar- such a good reputation. For well, tacos. he made excellent tacos at Beavers and for different Houston barbecue festival events over the years. Yeah. Um, tortillas just were like not maybe as fresh tasting as they could have been. And this seems like a stupid thing to complain about, but there was so much meat in the tacos that it was hard to eat them without like gripping everything all over the place. Right. So um, I will say, I think the pizza is, and I've been a couple of times now, the pizza is the big winner for me. I probably wouldn't get tacos again. I had, I had intended to order a burger. But uh, then you saw the tacos. But then I saw the tacos and I was like, oh, I want to try, you know, yeah, tacos are so good. Eh, taco's not so good.
1: We Not not doing the tacos again. I actually went back uh, with the Wilsons, and I had the falafel wrap. Oh. And you know, I have sort of a love-hate relationship with falafel still.
0: (laughs) This was your, for for people who don't know, falafel was your undoing in uh, Top Chef just desserts.
1: Yeah, that damn falafel. Um, It was tasty. It was good. I enjoyed it. And I have it, to be honest with you, the only other falafel I've eaten since Top Chef was at la du la falafel in Paris
0: so yeah which is arguably some of the best falafel in the world
1: it is so good I, I eat it like two or three times in a span of a week in Paris um, but yeah it was tasty it was good it was it's in a wrap it's got some hummus and well and
0: I, I think that kind of I think it's interesting that the dishes that we liked the best were an artichoke pizza fried pickled vegetables and a falafel wrap which just kind of goes to the the point that this is not this is not like they have wings and they have burgers at Buffalo Bayou but you can eat, eat you don't have to like eat dude food.
1: No. Like, but I I do want to try those fries. The loaded fries? Yeah, with the chili on top. Yeah. Beer cheese. Yeah. Who doesn't love beer cheese?
0: No one no one that I want to be friends with.
1: Right? Yeah. I it, there's a lot of things. It's a pretty big menu. Um it's kind of hard to like decide what you want to eat um i just naturally the first time was drawn to something that i know i like and that way i'm not sad if it's not good because i ordered the wrong thing <laughs> right.
0: but it's not, well i was gonna say you'll go back but you have already gone back
1: yeah i've already gone back i, I like the vibe um I, it's i it was too cold again to sit up on the patio up on the third floor um, so that'll be, I think, but the, the view is, yeah, they were really spectacular. spectacular. You know? Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, so who is the last, uh, Saturday morning bake sale before you relocate?
1: I'm waiting to find out.
0: Oh, all right. Well, stay tuned to the fluff bake bar Instagram for those details.
1: It, it's someone local and it's someone good. Okay. I just need him to confirm. Okay. Come on, chef.
0: Rebecca, thanks for being here.
1: Thank you. I had a great time.
0: All right. I will be right back with Ben McPherson. Yay. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? I'm joined this week by Ben McPherson, the chef owner of Bo Pasta in Bravery Chef Hall. Ben, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Eric. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for being here. Oh, man. I appreciate being here. I feel like I've known you for a long time. Yeah, seven years. Yeah, because you so I, <laughs> came you came to Houston yeah. to open Batanga. Yes. The Tapas Bar from Atlanta. But I do always kinda like to start these things at the beginning. So how did you how did you become interested in professional cooking?
2: I I kind of got forced into it by just life happened that way. I I fell in love with just being I was a dishwasher, got promoted to a cook. And I absolutely despised high school, so I begged my parents so I could get my GED. And they let me, but I had to have a full-time job, and I had to um, apply. It was like a local culinary school. Okay. And so I, that's what I did. And so I just did that. I got my GED and went into like a community college. You grew up, then, what, in Alabama, and, right? Yeah, Fairhope, Alabama. Okay. Right? And uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of then I transferred to Johnson & Wales in Charleston.
0: Oh, so you were in Charleston, like when all the I was
2: in Charleston from ninety eight and ninety nine.
0: Okay, so that's kind of before it becomes like the culinary. It was big. Assault. No, it was big
2: then. Okay, yeah, it was like Donald Barrettman and, and uh, there's quite a few really big guys there then. Um, but I went to was, Sean Brock, and I were in the same class. Okay, yeah. So I, I've known Sean since ninety eight. Did
0: you Did you know he was going to
2: become one of the most famous I had, chefs in I America? Had no idea. <laughs> really, no idea. Like, yeah. He was just kind of like he'll like, hillbilly kind of kid. I know. Yeah, he, he didn't really know then. All right, so you graduated from Johnson & Wales. Where'd you go after that? Uh, I went to Atlanta, and yeah. then I lived in Atlanta from 99 until 2012 um, and pretty much did cooked Italian food um, the whole time there. For Well, not the whole time, for about six years, um, and then I fell in love with, with tapas, and so I ended up going over to, to work at a couple Spanish restaurants there.
0: Okay, so it was working in the Spanish restaurant. That's when you met... Yeah, so Brian and Hank fast yep, off the yep. owners of Patenga.
2: Yeah, yeah. So Brian gave me my first executive chef position when I was 28 years old um, at a place called Local Luna, and he also had another one called to Luna. Um, and then I had actually left them to move to Florida, um, and because I was like, oh, I get close to home, so I went to Pensacola Beach. Didn't really work out as the oil spill. It's kind of a hard time to live down there, and so I came back and landed, um, which might have been my big break, was uh, Barcelona Wine Bar. And uh, when I was at Barcelona Wine Bar, we got really good accolades. Gorgeous kitchen. It was just it, we were just packed all the time, and it was, it was a huge company, and they were growing really fast. I was a Connecticut-based company, um, and uh, that lasted. And then uh, it ended up not working out. And at the same time, Brian had moved to Houston, and um, and and he was like, "Hey, do you want to kind of help me out?" And he's like, it's kind of, we want to combine these two ideas, which is Barcelona Wine Bar and Local Luna." Um, he's like, can you shoot me a menu, um, so I can start hiring a chef, and you can come, hit, you know, consult. And he goes, I'll take care of you. So um, I came here and actually never turned back. <laughs> right. It, it was like, oh yeah, you'll come here for like six
0: months. You'll train the guy. It, you'll get you get everything situated.
2: And then yeah. You can, then you can go home. I I stayed, and uh, I fell in love with the city. because I don't know if I must have been looking for something and didn't know it. Um, and I I had met some really great friends. And I, I, I don't, I just never really look back. I remember I went, I actually went back in like May, and I saw like my Christmas tree up in my apartment, and been paying for like months of <laughs> rent of this apartment in Atlanta that I didn't even, you know, just, yeah, just threw everything in a box and, you know, drove Committed it all back to here. Houston. Yeah.
0: All right. So, how long were
2: you at Patanga? Like three or four years? I think. No, I actually only stayed a year. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's it's funny because I got into it and I was like, wait, I'm literally doing. Something I'd, went, I'd wanted to grow a little bit more um, as a chef, and i kind of gotten tired. I felt like I was in a box. And uh, so I left because I was trying to—we started that pop-up series with Womack.
0: Oh, that's right. You were yeah. going to do a steakhouse.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like a Gulf Coast, like, uh, you know, the wood grill, like, everything kind of like a tinge of smoke, and, which is very done now. Uh, yeah, but you were, you were, you were going to be Killens
0: SDQ before there was Killens Yeah, ex-
2: and I actually looked at the exact same space. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so it's, that was I was like, okay, that happened. Um, but no, it, and it was great. It was a, it was a learning one. But then uh, while we were doing the pop-up series, uh, we got approached by on An, Mai and Lee and Pham um, to go over and open up the prohibition, the prohibition. Um, and uh, it, it, it that was a lot of fun. That was one of the highlights of anything I've ever done in my career. Um, it, it was lots of good, and it was bad, too. Yeah, it's a funny
0: sort of thing now because they, they've they kind of moved away from food being like a focus of what they That's, do yeah. at Prohibition. But, I mean, I remember when you started there, you had this kind of super ambitious southern menu. <laughs> I mean, I remember that smoked fried chicken yes. just being like totally banging. And then you were doing, like for the people in the – at the shows, you were doing these kind of decadent.
2: Yeah, we were trying to go over the top, like three course minis that didn't feel like it was like cruise ship food, but right. That's really hard, by the way. Like we, I, we, that's where we, that's where we struggled the most was with those shows and and constantly trying to keep good food out. Um, yeah, do I that remember, was hard. I mean,
0: lobster thermidor, right? Like you. Yeah, would we would try. Like, yeah, we really stuff. tried yeah, okay. <laughs>
2: Oh man, was <laughs>
0: but no. I mean, you you got some you got some you got some love for that. It was a, it, it was you were doing
2: some cool stuff. And yeah. It kind of took you back to the yep
0: Charleston.
2: It definitely no. That's what I, that's why I like I like kind of getting back into that like low country or southern food that I grew up eating. Um, that I actually had strayed away from much of my career, but it was there. It was there, like it was, you know it's kind of like in my blood because it's yeah you, know, you grow up around it and your like, grandparents are cooking it. Um, it was funny because then because the whole deal with prohibition was we were gonna we had a conservatory which I love the idea that we we're gonna do this food hall um, and then we also were gonna we we're gonna get the space on the corner which is now moonshiners and that's actually what Bo is so that that was kind of but it didn't it didn't it didn't happen right right um, so so okay but that's how it I, that's how everything's gonna come back circle. Uh, because we got conservatory open um and then I left. And uh because of the, the Italian thing didn't work out, I was like, well, you know what, I really want to get into ownership. Um I this is where I this is where I want to go in my career. And um and then I did the, the crisp uh Yeah, you did batter. the chicken sandwich thing that yeah. didn't work out. Yeah. We don't need to dwell on that, right? I'm not, I'm not gonna talk about it. All right. All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> but you're but all right. But so it sounds like you had been wanting to do an Italian restaurant for a while.
2: This is my my entire life. Like okay. this is literally like I, like ever since I got into cooking, I've I've had it's kind of similar to what I'm doing now. Now you know, obviously it evolves with, with kind of what's going on in times with food and how you know how we eat. And, uh, and but I've always wanted to have like very fresh, like very like high quality, super simple. Um, you know, it's kind of no frills because it's just literally uh, it's the most Simple, like grandmother kind of food that you would get literally if you're you know, when you're in Italy with whatever ingredients we can possibly find, right? But you're not Italian, right. I mean, you didn't oh, geez, grow up no. with this stuff. Oh, no, 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 all right, yeah. I guess you probably want to know why, yeah. How did you, uh, fall, in love with, <laughs> how did you fall in love with Italian food? So, yeah, so uh, I was uh, 14 and we lived in uh, Heidelberg, Germany. Uh, my dad was like, civilian military, and uh, we would go like just randomly go to places, like jump in the car and drive. And uh, anyway, we go to, like, France, we go to Switzerland, and one time we went down to uh, Italy, and we were in Tuscany, and I didn't really, like, eating much as a kid. I was, I was like, a little—all I, I wanted to just—I had energy. I just wanted to be outside running around. And anyway, um, I, and any, I'll just never forget there was this plate of pasta, and it was, like, a penne with uh, some just, like, melted tomatoes and some Parmesan reggiano and, and like, a, some basil. That's it. you yeah, know the, Like, no and bullshit, it, three ingredients, yeah, Italian cooking. Yeah, but i will, like— I will never forget I could not stop eating. And I like, and never been like that ever in my life. So it, that's when that's in my memory. But in, and then fast forward to 99 and 98 when I was in culinary school, uh, my dad lived in Naples. Um, and so I would, I would go over there and frequent it and, 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 and you know, I got really started to get more into it. And for some reason that actually spoke to me more than going out and, you know, doing shrimp and grits and, you know, and, and doing Southern food. Um, it, I just, it, it it just felt, it felt like lighter and cleaner than like a lot of like the greasier kind of Southern food, which is, I think that's a, that's a stereotype. Yeah. I'm Right. I mean,
0: there's a lot of really beautiful vegetable oriented mm-hmm. Southern food. It doesn't all have to be, no, you know, biscuits no, and.
2: But I think at the time that's kind of what was stuck in my head. Oh, hundred percent. Um, but now, no, no, no now there's chefs are doing absolutely amazing things with Southern food. It's just,
0: yeah, I love it. Right. But all right. But so all right. So you fall in love with Italian food. You have an idea for an Italian restaurant. Crisp doesn't work out. Yeah. yeah. It's, whatever. <laughs> how did you how did you wind up like reuniting with so, and Leanne and getting okay, on Bravery So Shuffle?
2: we actually had this deal already working um, back when we opened Crisp. So I, I, I was actually already kind of going that direction. Um, they had approached me and they're like, hey, we have this idea. We can get these chefs together and uh, we're going to create a chef hall. And um, it, I, I was like, okay. And like, and, but it just, I, I don't know. I, of course, I just jumped on it because it's what I wanted to do. And it's what, what we'd already previously been talking about, uh, just in a different format. Yeah. You know, I so said it was supposed to be a full service restaurant. Now it's going to be in a food hall, um, which I really liked because that gave me. That freed me up on some of the other things that, I, so, so I could learn to actually, like, own and run the business. Um, different from being the chef where all you're doing is literally just focusing 100% on just the food. Or if I own a place with a bar and I'm running, the, you know, like, I would be overwhelmed and—, and, and Right. You
0: don't—right. By by signing on a bravery, you don't have to worry about servers or a beverage no, program. I, I don't have to worry about any of that. Or paying the electric yeah. bill. No, I don't have like, to worry that stuff. Yeah.
2: <laughs> So that's why it's it's such a great unique opportunity. For for right now, I mean I'm not gonna say I'm I, I still wanna keep growing. So I'm looking at other options uh to kind of do some new stuff.
0: Oh no, we're we're getting to that. Like yeah. don't 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 think you're getting out of here without talking about that. But but, <laughs> but let's but let's focus in a little bit on what you are doing at Bo. Uh I mean you've got the you've got fresh made pasta, you've got kind of Roman style uh pizza alla taglia, is that?
2: Yeah, pizza alla taglia. Uh
0: yeah. So how did you kind of develop that <laughs> menu or, yeah. or decide that that's what you wanted? To
2: do? Um, so I, I spent a lot of time on the dishes. So I, I, from experience, I learned that you, ha- you have to have signature items. You have to have like, staple items that people just want to come back to eat every single time they come back. And, and that's how we build our regular base. And that, that's huge in, in the business. Now, you can be the hottest, coolest restaurant, but if you don't have people that are coming back once a week, sometimes twice a week to eat with you, Um, you're not going to, I don't, don't, I've never seen anybody be successful without that. And so I found dishes, which is like the spaghetti with the tomato sauce. Um, and I found dishes like that. And of course the papadale and bolognese that, that, that you just want to eat it all the time. And, uh, but it took me a while. I mean, I, you know, traveling, kind of eating at other restaurants, um, that that's kind of how that came. The the pizza, um, was actually going to be Neapolitan, um. I, I, I'm I'm very opinionated about a Neapolitan pizza. <laughs> Everyone who cares about Neapolitan pizza is very opinionated. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so I, I like really got into it, and I was like, uh, like I I think I'd become my own worst enemy if I did a Neapolitan because I would never be happy with anything I ever did. Also, could you have
0: done a wood burning? That pizza uh, that oven? was the
2: well, I mean, we probably could have because you know we put they put one in the cherry block, but oh yeah, because okay. um, it's a little bit different because it's more of a chimney as opposed to having to have the hood. Um. And, and, and Ann um, was like, you need to try this Roman-style pizza. And so I figured out a way to get over to Italy to go to Rome and, and try it. And uh, I actually have a really good story about that because we were in Rome, and I had the, my, the girlfriend with me. And uh, that morning, we were not – her and I were not getting along. We were kind of like arguing pretty bad, and we were hangry is what it was. We, were probably right. we probably stayed out too late drinking wine the night before. And we make it over to uh, Pizzeria, which is – like Gabriel Banchi is like the guy's a freaking god. He, he's god. the master of Roman Yeah, He's like the well, he's like the bread god. <laughs> I mean, oh, okay. he, he's like he, he he just the way what he can do with flour and in, in water is just insane. Um anyway, we get there and like we're just like we need coffee, we need, you know, we need pizza, <laughs> we need food in us. And you know, and there's a line, it just takes forever and we're just like like we're just not even talking at this point. And so finally we get up there, we get our pizza, and um, I went and grabbed some coffees for us and just like, got a little stand-up table. And I come over and she'd already had the food and she had taken a couple bites and she was crying. And, and I, I just felt like the biggest asshole at this point. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't like, I don't know why. I'm sorry whatever I said. She's like, no. She's like, no. She's like, no. She's like pointing at the pizza. And I eat it. And I was like, it was, it was a fucking epiphany. It was just one of those things was like, this might be the best bite of food I've ever had in my life. All right. And, what yeah. made it so good? is the it's crunchy but when you go to chew on it it's like it's like eating air like it literally would just like melt like the dough would just melt and and that's what i I'm trying to duplicate with with Bo with our pizza um I do a little bit different pizza than his I do a lot higher hydration so he does like 60 I think get nerdy on this so he does like 67 to like 72 percent okay I'm upwards of like 81 to 83 percent. Um, also, well, he's also well. Also, I think that he's doing um, naturally leavened. Um, Is that which,
0: like a climate thing for Houston, or,
2: or, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't. I, that part, I don't know. No, it's more about uh, it's more about uh, the the fermentation process on how it's going to ferment. He's doing um, naturally leavened breads, where I'm not. I'm doing yeast leavened breads. Okay, that's yeah. That's probably the difference between us. Um, I'm. You know, I don't know. I need to go try the one in Chicago. Uh, yeah, I think it's coming in New Orleans. Yeah, and they actually, I, I got an email that said they were coming here. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah, we, no, not, I need no. to open a bunch of these. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm not, I'm not trying to put you out of business, Ben McPherson, but I will not say no to a Bonsie in Houston.
2: Yeah, but he does, he also, he, they, his thing is also they go crazy on the toppings. Yeah, yours are, yeah. well, yours I'm, are
0: pretty restrained for the most part.
2: That's, I'm learning. This is what this is the learning curve is that I'm learning about what the guests want. Um, and and I, I, we sell, I, we sell probably seven slices of pepperoni to any like any of the more like weird creative pizzas. Well, of course. So that's why I'm like, well, you know, pepperoni keeps me in business. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. like the t shirt the, the bartender, yeah. Wear. Vodka pays the yeah. And this, this is my plan with Bo is that so. I did open with like a really basic, like it's like here's the like traditional tortelli tricot in Bologna. Like here is traditional pappardelle Bologna. It's like here is like very traditional dishes, very simple. Because my idea is that I'm gonna get the staff in and like how do I develop them? Um, I can't start them out with these like like crazy like ingredient combinations because then they'll never really understand. With the premises and the basics, right? You have um, to walk before you can. That's arrive. that's what we're doing. So, but like we just finally did, like, well, we've done a couple really cool, crazy pizzas. Like, the, the potato and mortadella and rosemary. Um, but the one we just put on uh, this weekend, and I'm going to keep it on for a little while, is uh, the 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 pepperoni. The oh, my bad, the uh, pineapple pizza. <laughs> we're just messing with people. Let's just just mess with them. So. Uh, it's fun though because we did pineapple and kimchi with speck ham, ooh, and uh, and it really works, man. So it's and, like, sweet and spicy, yeah, and smoky. Oh yeah, okay. So, <laughs> it's it's and sour. So yeah, so we've got like this like right. flavor bomb.
0: Well, and what was that? You gave me a filled pasta the last time I was over
2: there. Yeah, it was it
0: it wasn't. They weren't ravioli and they weren't.
2: Was the annulotti? Yes, it was. Yeah, was it was the crab and burrata?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> And now you're doing lobster ravioli. Yeah, right? I had
2: I had a lobster crawfish on. we went it flew so fast that I was like, "Oh, I can't keep up with that." Uh, we sold 50 orders in 2 days. Okay. Um and the thing about pasta is it's extremely labor intensive? And like yes, I can get a machine that that's, that extrudes it, but like the handmade stuff, it like Right. to fill it, them individually. It just individually takes us and we just had that little space, so um I can only I noticed I can only have one stuff pasta on the mini at, at a time. Right. And I like that you're
0: getting a little more ambitious. I, I saw you were running Osobuco recently.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting, starting to get more, uh, like, higher price items um, to kind of test the market there. So we got the saffron risotto and just, like, very traditionally braised asobuco on top of it. And, and it was fun because, like, we take the marrow out of the, and fold that into the risotto and, you know, as, as opposed to just putting the, the whole thing. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, I can give you a plate of asabuco and risotto for twenty four dollars, as opposed to having to charge forty five dollars.
0: Yeah, I love asabuco is one of my all time favorite things to eat. Yeah. But you know, every time I see it on a menu for like fifty bucks, I I get sad a little bit. That's a
2: big. It, It it is really is one of the best foods to eat. Like. All right. So, so overall,
0: exceeding your like meeting your expectations, exceeding your expectations. How do you feel about? I'm very oh, I'm
2: to, happy. I am I'm, I'm never really actually I'm never really a happy person, by been, the way. I, um, which sucks. Uh I I just I I always try to find how how do we get up and make ourselves better every day, um, which drives the staff absolutely crazy. And uh but I, I'm finding happiness. This is this one I'm very content. Um, okay. that's where I am right now. So
0: all right, so you have one location in Bravery Chef Hall. What are you, like, what's the, what's the goal? Other food so, halls, standalone restaurants? Yeah, restaurant? I mean, I've like, got, I've got
2: another one. Um, well, uh, yes, there will be another one. Um, you guys know as a conservatory going on stage. I do know that. <laughs> I, I was explicitly,
0: I, I mean, all of my coworkers here would love for there to be pizza on yeah. the first floor.
2: Yeah, so maybe. Maybe, okay. Um, and then so I'm also developing the pizza for retail um, because we discovered it, it holds and it heats really well. At home, And oh, so, oh, so you can, so you like, so in right, grocery now, stores yeah, like right now, yeah, right now we're R and Ding it. So I'm, I'm making pizzas, and I haven't like dated, and so we're like, this is what it's like frozen after a week. This was like frozen after three <laughs> weeks, um, which, okay. which is kind of, it's actually really fun because I'm like watching how the quality goes up and down with with a freezer, and um, and so we're looking at um, probably going, you know, we'll approach some of the grocery stores, um, and then also the dough. Um, we're starting to notice that, that we can create a dough that maybe we can do for wholesale um, because it's like a par-baked dough. And that way, if you have like a bar, something that has like a small kitchen, you know, you can literally... Right, like, you can bake the, off
0: flatbreads or whatever. Yeah,
2: yeah. And they can top it with whatever they want to. Um, so I'm, I noticed there's that. And then and then also we're taking the pasta into retail too. So I'm working on that.
0: Okay. Well, and you're wholesaling the pasta because you yeah. like it. Yeah, I got like you're 20... You're at Rutgers and Woosters, 24 and... restaurants right now. Yeah, oh, all, all
2: the local foods... Benji's the classic, um, uh, Rainbow Lodge. Uh, we're actually I'm actually maxed out. I, I cannot uh, make any more pasta than what we're making right now.
0: I mean that's got to feel pretty good.
2: It's really awesome, man. <laughs> and you know what? The, so that's how I kind of like stayed afloat the, the whole like two years it took to get Bravery open. Is I I got that pasta machine and, and put it in my apartment, <laughs> 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 and I would just I just started getting out there and like just started hustling it and. And it just, it caught on and it caught on faster than I ever thought that it would be. I thought I was like knocking on doors and, you know, standing in chef's kitchens while I, you know, like, like, get out of here, you know, no soliciting. I hate it. I can't stand it when people come and like try to sell me stuff at my restaurant. <laughs> um, and I thought I was going to have to do that. And, and, and with social media, um, you know, I just got really lucky as people, people picked up on it and, and, and approached me and, and we just kept on growing and growing and, um, now I'm like you know like hey how do I develop a pasta for my menu? Awesome. Um, yeah. So
0: it's, so you're working with people on these recipes like or... a
2: little bit. Yeah. I mean they're like hey what kind of ideas like do I have? I'm like well um, actually what did, Kevin Nadiri um, he came to me and and, uh, and he's like hey how can you? you know it's like can you come up with like what flavors can you do? And I was like well I can do that. I'm doing this and this and this and it was like I was like a charred leek it was a charred leek pasta and um and, and and I so he had it on his menu for a little while and then. Uh, and then I went to the, when Benji's was doing their menu, um, they they asked me and I was like, well, you know, I'm doing this one for for uh, Kevin. And they're like, oh, can you do charred leek and squid ink pasta? So that's on the Benji's menu oh, right sweet. now. Sweet, okay. And then they have like a, a mint peppered deli. Like they're doing some like fun stuff over there with, oh. with our pastas. Yeah, they But those local man, those local foods. They, they
0: they're busy pasta. restaurants. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not messing around. Uh, so all right. So before I. We'll 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 wrap this up, but but yeah. just uh, but I mean, being an operator in Bravery, I mean, how do, how is that? What's that been like for you? Because I haven't I haven't really talked to anybody who's who's opened one of those restaurants yet.
2: I love it. I I like the I like the dynamic. I mean, being around Jess, being around the Coco guys. which oh, – Come on, dude, I get to work with Shepard Ross every day. Yeah, like that. He's just he's just awesome. Like everything. Like you know, uh, uh, it's just it's really it's a lot of fun. Like I'm we're having a really good time over there. Um, it you know the downtown dynamic is is interesting because we're a little bit further down on the block as opposed to where like Finn is, so we have a totally different kind of business.
0: Right. I mean, you you're away. You're not on the tunnel. Yep. And you're away from offices, so you wouldn't.
2: We don't really get the big lunch, but we kill it at dinner. So yeah. it, It's just such a different dynamic, which is great for us. Um, for being like a chef, more chef because we're you know we have to charge a little more, um, to, for these products. So we don't um, we're not stuck in that like you know that hey you got to be in and out in thirty minutes. You right. can't have thirty anything. minutes and ten more, bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's also, and tea. It's, it's just,
0: it's just a little bit easier to park there. Yes. A, little bit, a little bit easier. I mean, you know, <laughs> Uber. You may have to circle. Yeah, just Uber down there. Uber, There's that garage. If you, yeah. you know, you
2: can pay for that garage across the street. Yeah, it's like, they like 20 bucks. If it's an event, they try to like, I don't, I don't, anyway, actually, I, 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 I'm not going to say that because they are doing a thing that if you go to um, a show um, and then, or if you eat with us, they have a discount and I, I, it's in the works. I think they're going to have like a little okay. thing. And, and we're actually going to have it at bravery um, where if you come down there and if you eat and do a show, you can park in that garage. And I want to say it's like $10. Um, yeah.
0: I, I mean, I, I know that it's like a $6 ride share. Yeah. my apartment at yeah. Montrose. Yeah. So it's like, I can, I can either, it's, right. I can, I can save money by yeah. ride share as a, you know, And then I, and that way I can drink Yep, and not have to worry about it. Exactly. So yeah, a lot of benefits to not driving downtown. (laughs) Um, Well, I have, I mean, you kind of got me to the end of my questions. Is there, is there anything else you want to talk about? That's that's it, Ben. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, before I let you get out of here, we have to do the lightning round. Okay. Five easy questions, five short answers. Okay. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. (laughs) Ben McPherson, what is your favorite cookbook?
2: Uh, oh my god! It totally stumped me on the first one. <laughs> Actually, you know I got the the the, uh, the the grandma the oh my god the grandma cooking thing. It's like a YouTube series. Actually, I like it a lot. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I can't. I, the, the name's not popping in my head. All right, right I'm, I'm into that. All right,
0: yeah. what's the first band you ever saw in concert?
2: Uh, Chicago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive thru Oh, a
2: Big Mac. What is your?
0: Uh, Who is your favorite Houston sports figure, past or present?
2: JJ, nice.
0: Yeah. And then, and I always ask people, "What's your What's your go to pizza order? What are your What are your preferred
2: toppings?" Oh, mine is uh, sausage and mushroom. It's a great answer. You know, actually, I, I have a gu- my guilty pleasure is Domino's pizza. I... <laughs> it's it's like a it's like a savory donut. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's nothing healthy about it.
0: Not at all. All right. Give us the social media and the website and all
2: that for Bo I, Pasta. Uh, yes, at, at Bo Pasta. B-O-H. B-O-H Pasta. All
0: right. Awesome. Ben, thanks for being here.
2: Uh, Eric, thanks for having me. All
0: right. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.